Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. I'm Paul, by the way. And this is Hold Up. This is a show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Cue the theme music. Smurfette fucks all the other Smurfs. Why do you think Papa Smurf made her? It's because all the other Smurfs were getting too horny. No, 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 not vanity. I heard he was a homosexual. Shut up! Great. Donnie Darko. What are we doing today, Donnie Darko? Donnie Darko. I thought we were doing Newsies. No. I watch it for no reason. I thought we were doing the Smurfs <laughs> and My Little Pony. I thought we were doing Smurfs too. Donnie Darko. I'm excited. Uh, that's great. Donnie Darko is a 2001 movie uh, from, at the time, first time director Richard Kelly. And it's a movie about a young man who has some mental instabilities, has a near brush with death, and an interesting set of events unfolds after that uh, that includes a six foot tall uh, bunny. Let's not forget time travel that does not require a DeLorean. Dun, dun, dun. So, yes, time travel. So, Donnie Darko was pretty much received poorly initially. Critically, I think it was okay, but commercially it was a flop um, until it hit DVD and word of mouth started going around. So, now this movie is sort of considered a cult classic. It is, yeah. Definitely and, it is. And I will say this about the movie in, uh, immediately is the version I watched was the director's cut. And I think the version that both of you guys watched was the original cut. Yeah. So we're going to have some interesting conversation about the differences here uh, because the director's cut adds 20 minutes and takes one of the best aspects of Donnie Darko and forever changes it. What? What? So much drama. So I remember this movie uh, the first time I saw it blowing my mind. And I was like, what? I really like movies when you come out of it and you're like, what just happened? And then you have discussions with your friends and your enemies. And you're like, dude, what the fuck? And do you do a podcast? Then you do a podcast about it. Yeah. Uh, And this movie definitely did that. By the end, I was like, I'm not exactly sure what happened. I'm going to need to talk about this a lot. I'm going to need to read up in the internet a hell of a lot and and make sure I understand what's going on. But it was freaky and weird and not like any other movie. This is our first exposure also to uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, as far as I know. That's the first big exposure I had to him and Maggie Maggie as well. Uh, And a couple other big name actors apparently Drew Barrymore helped fund this movie. Executive producer. Yeah. Seth Rogen. She's solid. Seth Rogen makes a weird appearance as as henchman number two. Let's underline the weird. The less crazy guy. Uh, And uh, forever immortalizes the line, shut up. That's so, true. She was that it? Was, was I, like I, she wasn't handicapped? Was she? That was just no. And later on, she talks. Uh, maybe this was in the director's cut or the extended cut. But she talks. Um, when, oh no! When she does the cue card as part of the Patrick Swayze exercise, and Patrick Swayze's in this movie too, by the way. That's right. Rip. Rip. Um, she talks quite normally. So I thought, based on her shut up running away, she was going to have a crazy accident. I always thought it was. I always thought it just was an accident. I never thought she. And was... she wore the earmuffs, so she's maybe a little bit. And she, she has the Donnie Darko binder that she keeps. with. Aww. Aww. I think she was the worst actress, worst actor in this movie. Interesting. Yeah, and you don't see her that much. That's how badly her acting stands out. But So now that we've analyzed this key character to the movie, <laughs> let's, uh, so let's talk about this movie. This, is a, a very, this was a very thought-provoking movie for me. Did you guys agree when you first saw it many years Absolutely. back? Absolutely. No, I mean, this to me is, uh, is cheap sci-fi, which I like because to me this movie was always a sci-fi movie and it, it it costs nothing to make and it's more the sci-fi is more about uh you know it's, it's a mystery there's this movie this movie's art and as a countdown i mean all those things were it's uh it's a mystery is what it is to me and i love that about this movie 
So that's really interesting because in the director's cut, the mystery is removed. Yeah, and I, I, I would do tell. Yeah. Well, well maybe not. I don't... Oh, shit. You know what? I, John's going to talk about it, but... Well, why don't you guys lead the discussion and I'll jump in with what the director's cut told me was actually maybe explaining some of but, what was left ambiguous in the original. So before we do that, like I will say that when I, I fell in love with this movie, I bought, I bought it and I listened to the director's commentary and he explained what the movie meant. And then I hated this movie for about two years. Yeah. Forgot what he'd said, watched it again and liked it again. So if the director's <laughs> cut does the same thing where he like he explains what his intentions were, then that's awful it and it ruins this movie. Let me take this one step further. I don't even want to think about the movie, about what it means and what it could possibly... Because it, I, I, I think that the movie will fall apart very quickly if you try to analyze what actually happened in it. Yeah, it, it, and abso It's absolutely true. Part of the fun of this was the mystery and not knowing, and then you start to talk and you start making up things, and maybe this is it, maybe this, and that makes it so much better than, once again, we, I think we've mentioned this in the past, it's like, who cares about Darth Vader as a kid? Mm -hmm. I don't need that explained on how we got here. He's just an evil dude and let's move on with it. So this movie, lots of weird shit happens. I didn't, I don't need it explained and spoon fed to me. I won't even tell people what my interpretation of this movie is because I don't want them to, to convince me otherwise because it will make me hate this movie. I, I like listening to other people's thoughts but I won't sh even share mine on what I think the movie means. Well, I think you should because that's what our podcast is no, about. No, I'll talk about the movie. But Colin I'm, doesn't I'm, understand why we're here. Yeah. No, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about what was good about the movie, but I'm not going to tell you at the end of the day what I think all of it meant together. I don't feel like... Well, that's interesting because I'm I going don't to want... say exactly what was meant. Yeah. Because I, now I know. I, I know yeah. the secrets. I don't want to know that. Of time this travel. is upsetting. This is an upsetting podcast okay, already. So this movie does have, talks about a lot and has aspects of time travel. Um, this is one of the few movies that doesn't really bother me with time travel paradox. Like Looper or... Because um, other... let's, let's be honest and say that most time travel movies are awful. Yes. And they suck. Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, uh, any movie you can think of that has some aspect of time travel, well, you will end up going back. Back to the future. Right? Marty, no way we'll get this thing up to 88 miles per hour. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give Back to the Future a pass on that comment. But yes, most. Most. The original I, Back to the Future, all of the sequels actually have that problem. All the Terminators bad. are stupid. Not the second one. No, but they're, you no, have they're to all question stupid. it. The you premises of all it. the Terminators are stupid. Once you I'm not saying sequel, the movie is stupid. Oh, Once you had a sequel to Terminator, um, then you got to say they could send more than one robot and they chose to wait this long. Or, especially is the case with time travel, what was the starting event where things went oh, and I then they created the time machine and then the time starts changing? I like, understand what you're saying now. That so makes that's sense, a fundamental Paul, yeah. paradox in time travel. For or me, for me Donnie time. Darko was a... It's an, an abstract painting that people brought in front of, uh, you know, they, they put the painting on display and said, what do you think of this? And everyone's like, oh, I don't know what it means, but I love it. And then, it, you know, some time goes by and then, and then you go, oh, you know what? By the way, a three-year-old painted that. And you're like, oh. And now you feel weird that you enjoyed it the first time. That's what Donnie Darko is to me. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. This movie has so many what moments, so including his friend Frank, who's the this giant bunny, the bunny. who starts telling him that the world is going to end and when. So a whole bunch of weird things start happening um, through his friend Frank, who's forcing him to go and do these things. He breaks the water main at his, at his uh, school and a whole bunch of other things that he's saying he's being forced to do in order to bring up the, the, the conclusion 
of the movie, which is, is really weird. Frank is Lou Diamond Phillips. Okay, I will, ask, mask. I will ask this question, though. Is he, is he doing these things to try and stop the end of the world or try and cause the end of the world? I was confused by that always, and I don't know exactly what he... If he if he likes the bunny, he tries to stab it in the eye. It does, yeah. It he does. Do you want the answer to this, or are you asking I, this kind of pondering? Because I know the answer to that question. I um, refuse to even ask these questions because I know I'm going to be furious. Yeah, but, I don't. So if you I, watch I don't want the, the original answer. cut, you'll be left with questions like what Colin just said, and and you'd be like, wow, that's weird. And and what was the bunny's purpose? And and is the bunny the catalyst? And is he being forced to or whatever? If you watch the director's cut, then you know the answer to that question. Please tell us. Jim. No, I, I really don't want to know. No, I think just I, tell me. Just tell me. And okay. all of our listeners. I'll whisper it. I'll whisper it to okay. you. I'll take my ear. I'll tell take off listeners. my. I'll take off my cans. Well, uh, apparently, the, the the timeline that we're on, where the whole movie basically is a uh, an alternate timeline where something bad and out of the normal has happened, um, and so Donnie has to work hard as kind of the feature guy to save the universe in order to oh, the universe. set thing yeah because there's going to be like a rift or a tear in this particular multiverse universe he's a superhero is what you're telling me of this yes donnie he darko is, the hero, is dr yes, strange he is the hero of this universe because the book that he gets <laughs> from grandma death um which is only mentioned or shown in the um I'm starting to remember this in the from theatrical the commentary cut, the in the director's cut they show excerpts from the book superimposed over so you get to read on what what the universe is and how time is and um so the the engine of the airplane is the kind of catalyst for this universe taking a turn off in the wrong direction. And if Donnie doesn't get it fixed, then the world will end. But he takes action to use time travel to go back and fix the universe rift, which w so the whole reason this went wrong is because Frank calls him out of his bed and then the airplane comes in through the, uh, the sorry, the jet goes in through the roof and would have killed Donnie. But because Donnie didn't die, that's where this rift and this alternate universe has well, been Well, you know created. what? Honestly, that's dumb, but it's not that bad. It's, I just, I, just I'd dumb. rather, I'd rather not have known yeah. and been like, because in the theatrical cut, Donnie does these things. And at the end, he realizes that he can turn back time. And if he goes into his bed, then he'll save his girlfriend. I think that's what I kind of took from it. If he dies, then the girl will never and, have met him. That won't be there on Halloween. That's what I'm saying. Is I, I like that interpretation. That's not mine, but I like hearing other people's. And that's a great interpretation. Yeah. But now but I know John's. that's not the case because of. Richard Kelly's editing this fucking movie. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is, is like this movie was good, was popular because everybody we watched it over and over and over again and became a cult classic because they didn't know what it meant. And once you know what it means or his interpretation of what it means, it spoils it totally. for the audience. And so I can't believe someone, anyone that was close with this guy did not tell him that. And like also just he didn't know that from just like being a filmmaker. I, I'm going to blow my load for you right now. <clears throat> So stand back and watch. Let me put my raincoat on. Yeah. I I'm like gonna, this. Should I, should I have, were you wearing a condom? I like this movie, but you know what ruins it for me? What ultimately destroys this Maggie movie? Maggie Gyllenhaal. No, I love Maggie Gyllenhaal. I do too. <laughs> Two little movies called Southland Tales and The Box. Oh, also God. by Richard Kelly. Okay. And when I, you, when you yeah. watch those and see how fucking terrible they are, it makes you look at Donnie Darko and go, oh my God, this is the same guy? Do you remember what I said earlier about the abstract painting and people enjoyed it and then you realize it was done by a three-year-old? That's what Donnie Darko is. It was almost an accident for how good it was because people didn't understand what it was and everybody, like you said, made up their own interpretation and 
that made it a better movie. But when you realize the same guy made The Box and Southland Tales, then you're filled with horror and dread. That's a great point. And I've always thought that too. I was, I thought he, I thought like he got lucky, but I didn't realize, and I, I understand what you're saying now. It's, it's funny because he, he just didn't know what he was doing. And it was, it was, he was so bad that he made something. He stumbled into a triumph. That was incoherent. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. messy. And, and everyone and interpreted not in a, is great. Not in a David Lynch kind of way either. No, not on purpose. And when, ma- it, when it wasn't a commercial success, he got freaked out and didn't listen to the hordes of fans that were like, well, love this movie. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. People don't get it. That, he didn't say people, are, are not, people don't get it. And that's great because it's causing discussion. He was like, people don't get it. So I need to give it to them. Yeah. And then they spent like $300,000 adding in, changing some of the music. There's other little tidbits that they added to the director's cut, which are just fucking awful. A lot of close-ups of an eyeball and, and like flashes of a, a wavy beach. And then there's all these numbers flashing on the screen when there's uh, the eyeball up. And it's just like, they spent is he a computer program? Yeah, they spent 300 grand doing the director's cut. And ultimately, here you go. Here's exactly what it does mean explaining so I can give it to all you. And it's like, great. All the discussion just stopped. And now I'm just going to say... But who even thought that was a good idea to say, oh, we have a success on our hands. Let's do reshoots. What? What's going on? Why would anybody do that? I still don't know if they thought of it as a success, even with the DVD sales and then the, 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 the cult status. And the, and probably the critic, I think it was critically well received too. So why would you take a critically well received movie that was making a little bit of money and reshoot? I don't know if they reshot. They re-edited. Still. They added overlays and superimposed shit. Did they improve the abyss-like effects uh, coming out of his chest? No, those were still... And I'm fine with... Once again, I've said this before in the past. Special (laughs) effects don't mean that much if screenplay and acting is there. I agree. I was just saying that as a joke. No, I know. I just thought I'd reiterate that. No, you're right. Those special effects are bad. You can can get past that, though. You're right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You can. You can always get past that stuff. I yeah, I mean, that's what was makes us that charm of this is the low budget. The charm of this is the, you know, a, there's some amateurish directing in this movie. There's some bad directing even a little bit here and there, but it, it's carried more, by good acting. Yeah, it's more so just it's just more so it was his first movie. Yeah. And who who's not going to, you know, have struggle in that? I mean, that's fine. I, that doesn't bother Let's me. Let's go back to the acting and and, and, and say I really like Maggie Gyllenhaal. Just because every movie that she's in, subconsciously, I believe that's the way she really is in real life. So from this point going forward, I'll think that's the way Maggie Gyllenhaal is. is She's like Donnie Darko's sister until I watch something else where she's a total bitch. And then I'll be like, that Maggie Gyllenhaal's a bitch. (laughs) She just, it's not that I'm that dumb and naive. It's just that she's that convincing in every role she's in. Yeah. And the the only thing I'll say about Jake, Jake's acting, because I can't pronounce his last name. Gyllenhaal. Thank you. Or Gyllenhaal. I always say Gyllenhaal. But um, his acting is a bit inconsistent from some scene to scene. I find sometimes he's bad, and then other times he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So I do find that's a little off-putting. I didn't notice it before, but like you'll see him in a bad scene, then you'll see him in like the therapist scene. And so, yeah, but he's good. And I mean, he carries it. He carries a movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's another weird addition to the director's cut where he's leaving his therapist for the last time and she's like you can stop taking your pills donnie they were placebos anyway what yeah <laughs> like why the fuck did that need to why happen are you doing this oh. to me why are you doing this to me i know yeah. i know how can you I, make I this worse yeah <laughs> it pretty much it pretty much is um all yeah all the acting from all the cast is is good enough believable um what's his name noah 
Uh, Wiley? Is no. it no, not Noah Wiley? Is it? Sorry. It's Noah Wiley, and I'll have to say that I think this might. I was surprised how good he is in this. Yeah. He, Why was Drew Barrymore in part? it other than she was the executive producer? I feel like. I she, kind of like that whole the whole book burning, like suppressing ideas. Oh yeah, thing. that teacher, that teacher who loves um, Patrick Swayze's character. She, I, I hate her. So she I did wish a great I could job. She's fantastic. My I wish God. I could do an impression of her when she says. Uh, I, I doubt your commitment to sparkle something. Sparkle, sparkle motion. Sparkle motion. Have we not talked about sparkle motion yet? Yeah. Okay. What was the, yeah. Did anyone, I'm sure it was meant to be this way. Actually, now that Paul said Richard Kelly's an idiot, it probably wasn't. But this girls were sexualized when they dance in that movie. That whole sparkle motion shit made me very that uncomfortable. Was, I thought it was very uncomfortable. It was very, it was Little Miss Sunshine uncomfortable. I would but have to Little Miss Sunshine uncomfortable is there on purpose because... That's what that scene is set it's to make you feel uncomfortable. I think Sparkle Motion was just awkward. Yeah, yeah. I think that was intent. I have to say that was intentional, just because of how into it that lady was, supporting it blindly because it's good for the kids, but not quite coming to grips with, in her own head that I it don't was sexualized right, and inappropriate. Because the parents, I guess, the parents kind of liked it too. There were some parents. Yeah, yeah, I guess they were clapping. Whatever. Mrs. I mean, Darko for, just kind of shrugged daughter, her shoulders. But though. yeah, like that whole performing thing—that's that, just another weird aspect of this movie. That you know, was that intentional or not? You I, could walk away saying. Can I, can I throw a question out there? And maybe I missed the point here, and I didn't get it. But if Donnie Darko died and things continued on the way they were, mm -hmm. is uh, is Point Break there still a pedophile? Yes. Okay. The, okay. So at in the yeah, 100 in the regular is. cut, so um, he's still diddling kids and yes, yeah. But no one will ever know. Well, maybe they'll. Find do they out. show them him crying in his bed yes, at the end? Okay, they show so him they crying. do that. Okay, so I'm glad they kept that part in, which makes less sense. The, okay, but here's the explanation. So you get the sense in the theatrical cut that when it pans to all those people With that the they're song, they're yeah. suffering through their lives that you they're like they realize that they're horrible people and they stay up at night crying and not knowing what's going on. In in the director's cut, they actually say that the the acting living and the acting dead. I think that's what they're referred to as. After this universe goes back to normal the way it was, they have residual thoughts and dreams of that alternate reality, which I don't need to know. Exactly, but, because but the, they're not the, suffering with their own lives. They're suffering with the fact that they know that in some weird way they've dreamed and have a a, a flash of what the future could have been. So. That the lady, that the teacher who's the real bitch who's really into Jim Cunningham is crying because she's like, a pedophile. And Jim Cunningham is crying because he got busted. And Frank is sitting on the ground touching his eye because he knows that in this alternate world he got shot in the eye and that he created this suit. That was this whole thing. And I, I didn't need any of that no. fucking explained because I liked it better when they were just like having a weird moment and you're flashing through as, as everything returns to real. When he touches real. his eye, I always just, he, he's wiping, I always assumed he was wiping away a tear. No, oh. he, he knows he got shot no, in well, his dreams. I thought he had that. red eye because he, someone was... I know, but stop saying because I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I don't want to believe he that. He had red eye because someone was farting on his pillow. <laughs> he had Obviously, that means pink eye. Yeah, sorry. Red eye. He's got the red eye. Everyone has the red eye. So Is that Lou Diamond Phillips? I keep wanting you know, because I saw him like, hey, it's Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> no, it isn't. Is, no, it? Is, is it? Yeah, it is. No. He's famous though, isn't he? Is <laughs> He's he been in some, other, in some other TV shows. But, Probably uh, just as a Lou Madi Diamond Phillips impersonator. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, Lou Diamond Phillips' son. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of that stuff just gets KO'd at the Let end. Let me interrupt you but, say, but I do think, sorry, I just want to finish yeah, on yeah, your yeah. original question, which was, um, does is Jim Cunningham still a pedophile in Donnie's world? Yes. 
and um, the girl who he's uh, who Donnie dates or yeah. going steady after knowing her for five minutes, which is fine. And she's somehow into paranoid schizophrenics. And that's also fine. Um, when she ends up coming to Donnie's party, it's because her mom has disappeared or gone for the night. Yeah, it's her oh, mom. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. she's like, I know yeah. it's my stepdad. In- insinuating that maybe the stepdad's come to like take her away or finish her Kill off. Kill her, yeah. That will still happen. Oh, that's Donnie wow. will be dead and so she'll never ending. know him. And so she'll get to live with probably her mom being murdered. So hmm. th- that's one of the time travel paradoxes, I guess. Hmm. But this is a closed loop time travel. So again... I also will say one of the best scenes in the movie is when he they they're walking down the street and he asks her if she'll go with him. Yeah, I found even today, and I always this that scene always stuck out for me as just very real. For there's some something feels so real about the awkwardness and the dialogue totally. yeah. and the the Smurf discussion too. I, like I know the, it was done great, for comedy, yeah, but that's what dumb kids sit around and talk about. It is, that's what dumb adults sit around and, and talk about. And it showed the it showed the contrast between Donnie and his friends. Absolutely. His friends were idiots, and Donnie was a passionate, Absolutely. intellectual person. Totally smart. Yeah. And apparently, um, the people who created the Smurfs are own the Smurfs are. It's it's in a country overseas, is Denmark or something? I thought it was France. But, but they whatever. sent Richard Kelly a letter about that, saying that Donnie Darko, everything he said in the movie was accurate. So they heard them talking yeah. about Smurfs gangbanging and didn't care. They were just happy that Thank Don, you for getting that right. Donnie yeah. corrected it. <laughs> yeah. I also like the scene um, where so Donnie weird. and his girlfriend are presenting their baby picture machine as part of their class project. And then the two hooligans in the back, Seth Rogen and whoever the other guy is, say, wasn't your mom stabbed? Blah. And then she runs out of the school crying and Donnie chases her and then they kiss. Another great scene, like lots of emotion. She said she wanted to wait to kiss him until the time was right. And, and that was a very, she wanted to remember what was good in the world. And that brought that around. So I was like, oh, that's really yeah, sweet. See, this was, this is a great example of editing and how editing can save a movie. And like less was so much more in this movie. And like, it yeah. seems like such a simple story when you watch the, the original cut, based on what John's saying, they had a lot of, it, it wasn't a simple movie shot and it was very complicated and confusing. I gotta say, if whether you like Donnie Darker or don't, I gotta recommend that you go download or buy the uh, the score by Michael Andrews. I love there's some the good music. music in this movie. Absolutely, they changed the music, some of the music in the director's cut because they could afford to get back to get some in excess songs and some other. They, they changed the did they change the Sparkle Motion song? It was Duran Duran, Notorious. Notorious? Yeah, okay, they kept it. That's okay. the same. Right on. They changed some of the but music. But the, the score too was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mad World, the use of that at the end is like a really powerful... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only intro. thing. When I hear that song, I think of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people similar, can't 100%. get over the fact that, that Gary Jules didn't actually record that originally. Mm. That was also a Tears for Fears song. Oh, I didn't, I, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Because I didn't know that. When you listen to the original, you're like, oh, this is weird. I think if you haven't seen well i mean hopefully again you're going to be having watched this movie before hopefully you've watched the theatrical cut and that i've ruined it for you don't ever ever watch the director's cut of this movie or the commentary if you start up the movie and the movie is over two hours long two hours 13 minutes then turn it off and burn your device also don't read anything online like this is one of those movies where i never did that everyone was going online and blogs and like trying to find out what it meant and i didn't care it's never going to be as satisfying knowing as it is to wonder i wanted it i wanted it to be for myself i wanted to keep this movie for myself you want to be a virgin i get it yeah totally yeah you don't want to have your 
Donnie Darko cherry popped. Like I wouldn't watch the sequel. Okay, I, so does it hold up? Oh yeah, S Darko. I forgot they made. You guys a didn't watch sequel. the sequel. No, no, no. God, even no. Richard yeah, Kelly hasn't watched that. Don't do that either. I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it's going Nobody to ruin the. Yeah. Does it? Does it hold up, Colin? Uh, I, to the original cut, not knowing anything. If you just watch this movie coming in knowing nothing, yes, absolutely. And for the the, the how much it costs to make and. Yeah, absolutely. The acting's great. Yeah, I think so. John? Unfortunately, I stupidly watched the director's cut. Oh, uh, and man, no. It does not hold up. It's bad. Real bad. I can't be spoon-fed things like that. Especially that I hadn't seen this movie in a couple of years, and I was really looking forward to the mental challenges that it provided. And, and okay. the director's cut spoon-fed that shit to me, and I don't like any you of the You should wait answers. six months, go back and watch I it. I might. Though. I might. Wait six months, though. But, and so I'm only speaking of the director's cut um, that it does not hold up. I'm, I'm probably, Colin and my views on movies are typically pretty in line. So I'm glad to hear him say that the theatrical did hold up. And I think this movie had the potential to be a real treat for someone as a for, to watch it for the first time. Just don't tarnish yourself by watching the director's cut. Uh, I got to say it holds up for me, the theatrical cut, as long as I don't think about it. Don't put any thought into it. The reality of, you know, uh, and I'm going to take it one step further with don't watch the director's cut is don't watch Southland Tales and don't watch The Box. No, Because I not. promise you, you will not enjoy Donnie Darko if you even glance at either of those two movies. And you probably never heard of Southland Tales, so that's a good thing. So let's hope that this timeline that I'm on right now is a timeline where the big error was that I watched the director's cut and hopefully I'll be able to control time, go back and kill myself. Uh, so thanks for listening, that everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.